one, year number four. It's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 296 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, accompanied you from Sandusky, Ohio. I'm thrilled that you're checking out the episode. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Peter Haywood, who was my guest back on episode 213 in one of my earliest, most memorable game episodes from last November. And he's a Mad Tiger supporter. And we are going to be doing the third installment uh, of episodes looking back at clubs who did not play finals this year and find out what went wrong, where there's hope, and where there may be despair. I don't know if despair is the right word or not. But uh, the Tigers certainly are in a uh, a very interesting position with all of the change that's taking place with that club. Now, folks, before we jump into my discussion with Peter, I do want to uh, just make mention to all of you that uh, if you're interested in getting your hand on one of these right there, all you got to do is drop me a great five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or over on my website, yankonthefooty.com, and then drop me a note via email at yankonthefooty.gmail.com. And let me know about it with your address so I can uh, get one of those stickers out in the post to you. I've got, I think, eight or ten of them uh, that are just lying around, burning a hole in my pocket that I'd want to get on people's uh, computers, on their cars. I don't know. If you got a bald head like me, you can slap it right back there on the back if you want to. Um, again, hope if you're enjoying the episode and you're enjoying the podcast, you'll go ahead and share it with your friends and family. If you're listening on on uh, the podcast, hope you subscribe. If you're on YouTube, I do, do hope you'll hit that subscribe button and that share button and, and tell your friends about this. Uh, really love bringing uh, this, uh, this material to you. And uh, I thank you for sharing your wonderful game with me. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Peter Haywood. I think you're going to like this. Peter's, a, like I said, a mad, mad, passionate Tiger supporter. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to be joined by my guest uh, for this look back at 2023 uh, with the Richmond Tigers. Uh, he was a guest back in episode 213, and I think he was actually my first guest on the most memorable game episodes. And uh, the fact that he can remember his most memorable game is a good thing because it was a rather interesting uh, situation. If you haven't listened to this one, uh, you're going to want to go back and hear his story. Uh, Peter Haywood, thanks for joining us, sir. And I apologize for all of the technical glitches, what turned out to be on my end. Oh, well, we fixed it now. That's all it counts. Yes, we did. We did. Yes. So um, it was a bit of a headache, as I was saying there. Um, and for those of you who are checking continuity, I've already recorded the uh, opening and the closing to this episode. So if you notice I have a different shirt on, it's because I recorded the opening and closing a couple of days ago. And uh, we just got back around to actually sitting down to record this tonight. Um, this is Monday night, the 23rd, I believe, of October that we're recording this here, Tuesday, early Tuesday afternoon in Melbourne. Uh, we actually got down to. Uh, freezing overnight last night so we were down to zero when i got up this morning so winter is coming and uh so excited about that not really but i'll say that for the for the the audio here so peter you know neither one of us i think were terribly happy with the way our seasons went for our respective clubs but 
I have to think that maybe uh-huh. we were not all that surprised by how things were going to end up going with everything that went on with our club. So were you disappointed with the Richmond season or were you somewhat satisfied realizing what was happening? No, it was another wasted season. That's three in a row now. Uh, our great premiership era seems to be receding further into history. And uh, well, as long as it doesn't end up like as long well as long as it doesn't end up being like Melbourne's drought, you won't be too upset about it, though, right? Because that was what uh, or or our last one. Which was last one? 30, that was 37. 37 years. Yeah, 37 years. Melbourne's was a little longer mm-hmm. than that. But yeah, that's, well, hopefully it won't be the 37 years uh, either. Because theirs was 64. So that was what, 36, yeah, 57 60, years. 64 to 2021. So yeah, yeah, 57 years. Yeah. So that was, that wasn't very long at all. Just most of my lifetime at that point in time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, yeah. I joke. I've joked, you know, that you know that the yeah, I'm a, a fan of the Cleveland Browns, and they they won the championship in 1964 here in the NFL when I was a year old. And I said, well, yeah, they won the championship when they when I was in diapers. I hope I'm not back in diapers before they win another one. Uh, so <laughs> hope I don't get so old that I had to have you know that that sort but of. But we say nappies in Australia. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. I hope I'm. Yeah, I. That is true. That is true. Yes. So, um, before we, uh, before we get into talking about the season, I, 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 and I did not know this gentleman, but you know, I've, I've looked online and I've, I've noticed that, uh, tribute is being paid to today to a gentleman by the name of Bill Meeklem, who had worked as a volunteer with the club for close to a half century. Oh, um, can you tell yeah, us a little I, bit I don't about know that him? Much about him myself, actually. I know that he was a club his. He was he was a club he was historian. A club historian, at right? We yeah. we um we had a museum. Literally at Punt Road on the premises, mm-hmm. and um, they had a lot of all the Premiership cups, uh, old photos going right back. To I guess when the club was founded in 1885, mm-hmm. um, when the uh, club was refurbished, or soon after it was refurbished, because they did a lot of the the facilities used to be uh, very very uh, rundown and um, almost amateurish, and then. Oh, God, I can't put a year to it, but they rebuilt Punt Road, um, redesigned it, and just brought it right up to scratch. They've got state-of-the-art gym facilities, Mm -hmm. uh, swimming pool. Um, I think the next thing they're going to be working on is the grandstand, the old Jack Dyer grandstand, which is um, full of possum poo and and all (laughs) of Okay, well, okay, that's so uh, the uh, seats are kind of so that'll be the next stage. So somewhere in in all the kind of reorganisation, the museum has been kind of mothballed for the time being. Okay, so uh, I I can't say that I'm super knowledgeable about Bill Meekham, but I know that he 
had a lot to do with the museum and uh, the historical side of it, the chronicling yeah. of the club. Yeah, it, it looked another like another person uh, who. Go ahead. Kind of doing that a lot now is a guy called Brett Bartlett, who is the son of uh, Kevin Bartlett, the the great Richmond player. Okay. Okay. And yeah, yeah. he he might have kind of taken over Bill's role to some degree. Okay, so you know, moving back into the the season itself um what mm. what were the things that went right and what went wrong for richmond this year what were what were the, the the positives and negatives if you will for the club well i think um i think we knew right from the preseason that it was going to be a struggle mm -hmm. we, we had two preseason games and the first was North Melbourne, who we struggled to beat. We we beat them, but not very convincingly. And it kind of burst my balloon a bit because you wait all summer and you think, oh, we're going to have a great year. And, you know, this will be, we'll bounce back. And, right, right. Uh, then in the second, second uh, preseason game, we got absolutely... Uh, stitched up by Melbourne out at uh, Casey Fields. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the exact margin, but it was pretty bad. And uh, so I, there's a little group of us Richmond supporters that I kind of hang out with, go to games with. And one guy there said um, on, the, on the strength of the, those two performances, He's, he looked at our first five games and he just said, I'm going to make a bet with you guys that we won't win one of our five opening games and uh, I'll, I'll buy you all a meal. We'll take you out for a meal and if I'm right, you pay me. And if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll buy all of you mm -hmm. guys a meal. Well, yeah. And I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at the record. You know, you 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 drew even with the Blues to start the season, and you got that so first win. In I, I didn't want to take the bet. You see? Yeah. Yeah. I see. I didn't want to take the bet. I'm not really a gambler. I, I never bet on anything. I don't even buy a touch lotto ticket. Mm -hmm. That's how little of a gambler I am. I didn't want to do it. Be kind of. So when we drew with Carlton. Um. I said, oh, well, tech no, that's right. He said, You're, we're going to lose our first five games. That, that was the bet. And so okay. when, when, when we drew the opening round, I said, well, technically we haven't lost that game, so let's just call the bet off. And he, was go and he went, no, 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 no. He said that we won't win one of our games, opening five games. <laughs> So the next round, we very luckily won, and he lost the bet. Mm -hmm. But he was almost there because we lost the next three. We lost to Collingwood, Bulldogs, and Sydney. Well, you actually lost you lost five in a row because you lost to the D's and the Suns after that. Then yeah, yeah, it was yep, yep. You know, and I don't remember what round it was where Dima stepped away from the club. I don't remember when he stepped away, but it was a little bit I'll later in the season. That. <laughs> okay, but. You know, it's uh, yeah. 
Yeah, they did. They rattled off a couple. They rattled off a couple wins in a row. They, you know, they beat the Eagles and the Cats. Lost a couple in a row. Won three in a row. Yeah. Lost one. Won three in a row, and then they well, dropped the four Eagles... out of the last five. Yeah. Well, the Eagles game. See, it wasn't very convincing. We won one hundred and four to fifty-eight. This, I think, sides at that stage were beating the Eagles by a hundred points and more. Yes. So yes. even that was wasn't a very Convincing win. I think our probably, and I hate to say this to you, probably our most convincing win of the year was against Geelong. Oh, it, well, yeah, absolutely. Was, I mean, yeah. it beat the reigning premiers, so that was a feather in our cap, I suppose. Um, yeah, and we hadn't beaten them uh, since a premiership year, so it was 20, starting to get twenty twenty roll again. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was. That was yeah. a, that was a huge win. Um, it started to level the ship a little bit, uh, rate the ship a little bit, if you will. Um, yeah, but you know, you, you lost. And then the very next week, go ahead. Yeah, yeah you dropped that close one to the bombers. The next week was the big atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. One point loss. Yep. Something recently came up in the papers about that. I don't know if you saw that in America. But uh, Trent Cotchen has a um, put out an autobiography, mm-hmm. and uh, he reveals that Damien Hardwick um, kind of took that loss very, very badly. Because you remember how when he quit in the in the wake of that, it was all it was almost like a party line. It was all oh. We're all really uh, grateful for what Dim has done, and, and he's brought us these three premierships, and we all leave on good terms, and right. no animosity or bad blood. Uh, and we were all sort of encouraged to swallow that party line, but um, it turned out that um, when the loss actually came, he. Uh, in the rooms afterwards, there was some expletive uh, written rant from Damien Hardwick to the players. Yeah. And he, he, he pointed at the whiteboard with the with the Essendon team on it, and he said, those guys are a bunch of effing spuds, but you guys are worse. <laughs> wow. Wow. So... Well, uh, so... Do you think that I think that was... loss kind of blew Damien Hardwick brain? <laughs> yeah. Do you think he was just burned out? I mean, yeah, because because he seemed to have recovered rather quickly. And and I have, you know, I don't know if you've listened to like the preview episodes that, that I did during the course of the year where I had Mick Aussie on with me, but Mick was convinced, you know, he's he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist as far as this goes, but he was convinced that the AFL was chirping in Dima's ear and telling him, you know, step away, take some time off, mm. come take the job at Gold Coast. We're going to get you paid a, a boatload of money up there. Let's get a return on our investment in this club. And he's convinced that the AFL was whispering in his ear and telling him it's time to move on from Richmond and get yourself up to the Gold Coast yep. and get this club resurrected or get it. I, I you know, I guess it would be surrected because it can't, it has, it hasn't been surrected once to be resurrected. So is surrected a word? Because I'm going to coin it right now since Gold Coast had not played finals yet. Um, 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I, you know, he, he, he came to the state, he came to the States here, spent some time. I know he was in Colorado for a while, uh, during the, the, uh, what our, our summer months, you know, in, in summer months leading into, you know, the, the season, um, and I think he went to Europe, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Did, if I'm not mistaken, Gold Coast actually recruited him from visits in Italy, I think. Europe. Yeah, they went to Italy and talked to him and, and got him to sign on the dotted line. But yeah, I had heard about this stuff from Koch, and I know that there was a there was an article or two that showed up on Code Sports about that. And I was actually looking for those um, those articles. That, well, that I, yes, I, I had seen those. This uh, conspiracy theory that uh, Mick Ossie has uh, floated isn't, isn't as wild as, as you might think because um, one of the uh, Tiger forums that I, that I online forums that I, I read, mm -hmm. um, there was a guy who said pretty much as soon as it happened as soon as soon as Dimmer left. There was a guy who came on and said, um, oh, "I happen to be very good friends with an architect uh, who's uh, designed a house for Damien up on the Gold Coast." Wow! So this, I think, this yeah, it's been in the pipeline a long time, and I think the AFL kind of help push it along you see they're they're very desperate to to get these kind of non-football markets mm -hmm. queensland and sydney right right uh, up and running and successful and uh you know gws i think ultimately they'd love gws to win a flag but at least they're happy that they've come close they've gotten into a couple of preliminary finals but the, the gold coast you know they haven't Played a even played a final series yet, and I think it's probably embarrassing them. Yeah, because they've invested a boatload of money in that in that club to you know to get it and make it viable. Yeah, and it's uh... well. Originally, they tried to. I don't know if you know this, but originally they tried to talk North Melbourne into relocating to the Gold Coast, and and it was almost going to go ahead, but North were um, dug their feet in and said. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. So they yeah. kind of created this. Did you know about that, or I did not? Uh, -uh. I did not know that they. I didn't know that they were looking at doing that. Uh, -uh. um, yeah, I know that you had the club. Yeah, that, so that... they would have been like the third struggling club to after South Melbourne and Fitzroy to kind of relocate yeah. to non-football territory. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I, I think one of the, the big things that uh, that the club had to deal with this year was the fact that you were without Tom Lynch for most of the year. I mean, that you know, that put a lot of I think mm. that put a lot of pressure on Jack Rewalt, you know, in what I think I think he probably knew going into it. This was going to be his last year. Um, I would because have to Jack was playing a kind of a role. uh where he wasn't really the go-to man. He was almost mm -hmm. like a foil. Yeah. Uh, a decoy. So he could like sometimes. draw fire away. From, yeah, yes. a decoy. He could draw mm -hmm. fire away from Lynch. But suddenly when he's the main go-to man, especially yeah. as he's aging, you know, it was, it, you could see he was really struggling this year. 
he would have games where he'd kick a goal if he was lucky. He'd seem to have two or three opponents hanging off him a lot of the time. Yeah, it is. Um, um, but the other... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, the the other... See, it wasn't... Lynch was a big one, but I, I think in many ways we, we lost our bookends because we lost Gibkus. Mm-hmm. Now, um, people kind of go on about, oh, you know, Richmond traded away a lot of really good draft picks to get Hopper and Taranto. Mm-hmm. But what they don't uh, say is that we, we had five, the year before, we had five picks in the top 30 and we got some really good talent at the club and probably the best of the lot was Gibkus, who uh, it was generally acknowledged was the best young key defender in that draft. And he played 18 games, I think, in his debut season, kind of tired a bit towards the end, as they do. Yeah, yeah, um, I, can, I can imagine but, that. Yeah, but yeah, but he um, did a, a hands a really serious hamstring uh, injury in the preseason and didn't end up playing a, a game, a single game. And he's since uh, gone off to, um, hmm, I think it's India somewhere to have some kind of radical surgery done, huh. and. Fingers crossed that he'll be ready for round one. Yeah, I hope I hope so. Yeah, because you don't want to see you don't want to see any club struggling because of injuries. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're going to defeat a club, if if you're going to play a club and you're going to defeat them, you want it to happen with your best going up against their best. If you know, and yeah. and winning it that way rather than okay, I you know. We beat you because you had more players hurt than we did, um, and and that's yeah. you know, and you know, and I, and you know, a lot of people, you know, when when the 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 deal was made for Hopper and for Toronto last year, you know, the the question was, you know, a lot of people speculated, you know, they were retooling to make one more run to fight to the finals last year, which I think in a way that's mm. probably accurate, but I think also that that there was. There was an eye towards 2024, 2025, 2026 with that deal for those two young men to come in and kind of become the new foundational members of the club. Because Because we still have a... a... Go ahead. Sorry, we still have a core group uh, from our premiership years that Mm -hmm. are still in their prime. There's, There's two or three more that are kind of getting towards the end of their careers as well. But there's still a core that's in their prime, like Baker, Short, uh, Daniel Rioli, um, Jay Bolton. To name yeah. a few, they're not all spring to mind of them. Oh, Shea Bolton, of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, right now, you know, you're so, yeah. the oldest players that you have on your list are you know Dusty Martin, who's going to be thirty three right? Or, he'll be thirty three in, in uh, the middle of the season next year, and uh, Dylan Grimes will be thirty three a, a couple of weeks after him. He might have two years left. Who was the other one, sir? Uh, Dylan Grimes being the other one. Then you got you know Presti is is going to be thirty two next year. Um, Marlon Pickett will be thirty two in January. 
you know, Tom Lynch will be 31 on Halloween. So he's almost, or 32 on Halloween, 31 on Halloween. But, you know, so he's, he's definitely on the, and I, I just feel weird calling people who are 31 old. Okay. That part, that, that, just, that boggles my mind to even you know, <laughs> being, con, to consider saying that sort of thing because of, you know, yes. being the, the age that I am. But, uh, you know, you've, you've got, well, we're double there, right, John? Pretty yeah, much. <laughs> yeah. You've, you've, you've got what is is, you know, looking at it a, a club that is maybe younger than a lot of people speculate. When you look at the list that you have right now, that there are three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen players on your list are right now under the age of twenty-four. So roughly half your list is under the age of 24 right now, uh, which, you know, and you, you have only at this point, you have three, you have six players who are 30 years or older right now. So you're people, I think, kind of go look at, at Richmond and yes, you're, you're taking Trent Cochin out of the equation. You're taking, you know, Jack Rewald out of the equation because they, they've, they've retired, but I think that people have, have thought for the last few years that, you know, Richmond is an older club. But they've they've gotten younger. I mean, they've they've you know they've shipped out some some players who have who have helped to skew the you know the club um, younger. You know, uh, you know Robbie Tarrant retired. You know, uh, Ivan Soldo has gone to Port Adelaide, and you know Port Adelaide's going to Port Adelaide's going to be interesting next year. I mean, they've brought in a lot of pieces themselves to try to turn that club around. But uh, you know what? What's not, you know, well, this is, was a difficult season and, you know, that they finished, you know, 10, 12 and one, just like the cats did, you know, cats had a slightly better percentage, but it's like being like the first loser, you know, they, they didn't, you know, they didn't play finals either. So there's, there's no, there's no bragging rights for the cats to say, Oh yeah, we were better than you. No, you both had 10, 12 and, and you defeated the cats this year. But what were some of the signs of progress that you saw this year that, that have you excited going forward? What are the things that you're going, okay. Uh, even though things were scuffling, this is a good thing that I'm seeing here. Um, a lot of it's going to be dependent, I guess, once again on injuries, because generally, if you if you have one, the way it's just if you have one bad year with injuries, mm -hmm. the football in the past tend to move on to another club the following year. Um, but we had uh, two, I think, two bad years of injury coming into this one. And I was thinking, oh, oh well, we must be due for a, a change of luck this year. And um, Maybe a case could be argued that maybe we need to make a change with our strength and conditioning uh, staff. But let's just say it's luck. So, okay, I, I'm, I am. Uh, you know, if we can get Gibkus back up and running, and um, some some of the kids, Sonsi and uh, uh, Coltard, who, who had a fantastic debut. Judson Clark, these kind of guys. Mm -hmm. uh, we we brought in Kaczynski from Hawthorne. Who, yeah, um, he'll be he'll be very handy for you. 
Yeah. And, I, and he's from Albury. I've actually I've actually had somebody from the Albury Tigers on my podcast before. Yeah. A couple of years ago I had somebody on from the Albury Tigers. So it's um you know, I I I I, I saw a uh you know, first of all, you know, I, I guess we have to look at the you know, the obvious questions here, you know, how how do you replace a Trent Cotchin, how do you replace a Jack Rewald? I mean, I, I mean, these are two, two legends of this club that are, you know, that are going to, are going to be thought about highly for the next, you know, couple of generations. You know, I mean, it's going to, you know, there, you you may find a, uh, you know, a, a, a section of something at, at punt road named after one of these guys in the not too distant future because of their contributions to this, to this club. How do you replace a couple of, of, of great, talents and you know i jack rewald i think you know was you know i loved watching him on afl 360 i think he's going to have a great career in in the media if he decides to do that or if he decides to go work with the new tasmanian club which you know could very well be the case as well yeah how do you how do you report yeah and 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 i don't i know a lot of people were not necessarily you know if you're they were a non-richmond supporter they weren't necessarily a big fan of trent cochin because you know i I heard the term grub get tossed around a little bit referring to him and that type of thing. I, I don't necessarily feel that way because he's a hard-nosed guy, but um, those are two big holes you've got to fill. Yeah, you just have to hope that um, some some of the new players will just come through and mm-hmm. they might not be the next Trent Cotchin, but maybe they'll just be the first whatever substitute name here you know okay that's that's a great that's a great way of looking at it yeah and uh you know i know that you're you're a little shorthanded when it comes to draft capital this year you know you've got i think it's right now picks 29 and 40 29 and 41 are your first two picks because you're 65 yeah i just i'm wiping i'm wiping off my glasses right now so my my screen is just a little out of focus. If I back up, I can make out the 29, the, the 41, the 65. But um, I think 68, you said, was the fourth one there. So, you know, you may find you may find a, a serviceable piece or two, you know, with those those picks that are back in the 60s. But you know, hopefully you, you find somebody that can contribute at 29 and at 41 as well. But, you know, because you, your first rounder is with GWS and and. Let's be honest, the way GWS came on last year, it's not talk about a club that, you know, in the great grand scheme of things, probably doesn't need another first round pick or the league doesn't think they need them because that's a club that got got pretty talented pretty darn quickly. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm. I look at them and I think. They sure look like they could be a top four side next year. I mean, they just they look like that. Unlucky in that preliminary final. Yeah, I think if if they'd have just if the umpires had just paid a couple of blatant round the necks to Toby Green, in the context of a one point loss, anything could have happened, and we could have been looking at a different premier altogether. Right. Yeah. Because say that as somebody who hates Collingwood. Right. Well, we were we were kind of we kind of joked that. Uh, 
you know, to, to have a, uh, a you know grand final where both both clubs were non-Victorian clubs. And Mick, Mick and I were joking that we might be able to find cheap tickets and fly over for the grand final because nobody in Victoria is going to want to go watch Brisbane and GWS play in the grand final. <laughs> this is the thing, though. The, the followers of Collingwood or Carlton certainly wouldn't. But uh-huh. I think you don't maybe being so far away don't factor in um the dislike there's there's a lot of victorian supporters myself included whose teams didn't make the finals Mm -hmm. who would have been happy for an all interstate grand grand final just so we we wouldn't have to put up with the bragging of one of the locals oh yeah god you wouldn't believe richmond is so geographically close to collingwood and uh, Uh The wake of that, you know, I saw people coming into the shopping centre when I'm doing my weekly shopping in their cardboard Hollywood jumpers and there was this car driving up and down the street with uh, Collingwood flags. And I, and I was just, oh, God, what couldn't I have been spared that nightmare, you know? But, but you know, we, 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 have to, we have to readily admit that, you know, winning three premierships in four years nobody from Richmond did that sort of thing. Although I guess we do have to factor in that COVID was going on. So they didn't have a lot of options to do those kinds of things because the lockdowns were so darn severe in Victoria that you didn't get many opportunities to actually go out and celebrate. Yeah. Well, that, I think I mentioned this in the last one. So I went to the 17 um, grand final, Mm -hmm. uh, did all of the crazy stuff post game. Uh, watching Jack sing with the killers, going right. down to one street and joining that throng of thousands of supporters, just going berserk, uh, fronting up to the club the next day, thousands of people there, the players all there up on the balcony with their cup. So it, it was almost like little incremental stages. So I went from that to 19. I couldn't get a ticket to the grand final. Mm-hmm. So we went. I went to Punt Road, and we, a lot of us, a few thousand people there, sat on the grass of a couple of hundred yards away, a hundred yards away, and watched it all on the big screen. Right, so right. It was sort of communal feel, but it wasn't quite as exciting as seventeen. And then two thousand and twenty, you weren't even allowed to have a single friend over to your house to watch the game, and I, and I sat there and watched it on TV by mm-hmm. myself and um yeah it was like a very odd yeah so so you know yes you won three out of four but you you didn't get to enjoy well you only got to really enjoy two of them you got to celebrate the third right. one but it was there was still not the you know the 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 outpouring of 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 being excited that you were going to get in the other two because you didn't have the option to do that sort of thing. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it is a, uh, it's, so I, I guess I can see why you might be a little frustrated with the, with the magpie supporters, but it's, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I kind of, you kind of have to tip your cap to them because, you know, they, they, I, it's for, in fact, I did not even tip them to play finals this year. I didn't. I had them, I think, finishing like tenth or eleventh this year on the ladder because I didn't. I just thought with all the close games they won last year, 
they were not going to have a repeat performance of that. They were going to lose those close games. And it turns out I was completely wrong about that. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, any team, whoever they are, they're going to celebrate. Their fans are going to celebrate. It wasn't that so much. It's just that Richmond and Collingwood are traditional enemies. Yeah. And so are Collingwood and Carlton, and so are Richmond and Carlton. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just one of the no, dynamics. I, I get you know, it. You've you got your own local sort of, you know, Ohio hates Cincinnati or whatever. Yeah, well, it's – it's for me, for for a lot of Cleveland Browns fans, for example, it's it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I, right. I I don't like the Steelers. I respect the Steelers, but I, I respect the way the organization is run because they do things the right way. But yeah. and I've said this on plenty of other episodes, I absolutely loathe, I despise the Baltimore Ravens because that team that because they used to be the Cleveland Browns, because the the, the owner of the Browns, they the, the owner moved the team from Cleveland to Baltimore in nineteen ninety-five. So we lost our team. We got to keep the, uh, you know, we, we sued the league. We got to keep the the name, the Browns, get to keep all the, the team records, that sort of thing. So the, the Ravens started from scratch in terms of all of like their history. So all the Browns history stayed in Cleveland and our team came back in 1999. But like I, I have joked and I've said that if my first wife owned an NFL team, and they were playing the Baltimore Ravens, I would go sit in the owner's box, the team owner's box, with my ex-wife to cheer against the Ravens. That's how much I hate them. I absolutely, I hate the Ravens. They, they have, I, I wish they could, I wish they would lose every game, every single year. I, I, I absolutely despise them. Yeah, yeah. well, I think most, yeah, it's, that's what it's like if you're not calling a supporter. Yeah. Yeah. Fans are just so insufferable. Well, and yeah, and they may have said they may have said that same thing about Richmond supporters, or they may have said it about oh, cat supporters. Look, you know, and it's and it's and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you have so many clubs all in the same city, because it is it is such a you know a kind of a a geograph it's a regional thing in terms of being in the city, you know. So it's I I completely get it, and I think that's unlike just about. It, any other sport in any other league on the planet where you have so much of the league concentrated in one area. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, that's why, you know, I, I, you know, you mentioned the North Melbourne thing to uh, go, going to gold coast before and, you know, and people have talked about, well, maybe North Melbourne should make the, you know, make the move to, you know, to Tasmania and keep the league at 18 clubs, but, you know, Tasmania wants their own, individual team and i certainly i understand that too but it it almost compels the league to go then to find a 20th location for a 20th team once they bring in the 19th team because i think you have to have a 20th team unless you're just going to have you know bye weeks every single week you know you're going to have the gap you're going to bring in the the tasmanian club and then you're going to have the gather round and then you're going to bring that team that's on the bye week and say hey come gather here but you don't get to play (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, go gather somewhere else, but you're not playing in, you're not playing in this round. So, um, so, you know, I did see where, uh, you know, Josh Jenkins who played for the Crows for a number of years, played for the cats for a little while, uh, kind of a ruck forward, uh, is doing some stuff in the media now. Um, he said 
a couple of weeks ago that he sees Richmond as a bottom four side next year. I'm thinking you probably do not agree with that. I think that there's some bitterness in that uh, thing because wasn't he involved with Adelaide in 2017? I believe he was, yes. I, was, I, was <laughs> I believe he absolutely was, yes. So, um, so. Another example is like Kane Corns. He he hates Richmond, but he uh-huh. is and uh, well, I, I think Kane Corns hates pretty much everybody. And I <laughs> yeah. and I think I think Kane, I, and I, unless it's Port Adelaide, I think. And, and but he's but he's critical of Port Adelaide too. I just don't think he hates them necessarily. Um, but you know he's he is definitely one of those talking heads and you know in the media that that I think does a great job of pushing people's buttons to get reactions from them. I think he's really good at that. I'm I'm optimistic because I still, like I said, I think we have still a number of our core Mm -hmm. premiership stars in their prime still. Uh, I think Grimes and Prestia will be struggling. They could have, in my opinion, they could have almost given it away this year. But they feel that they're playing on okay. Okay. Um, Then on top of that, I think we've got a good bunch of uh, kids coming through, uh, mostly from those five players that we picked up in that 21 draft. uh, Gib Kirst, Sam Banks, Tom Brown, um, Sonzi. Judson Clark, we we I thought we discovered a couple of really good kids that played in that last game against Port Adelaide. There was James Trezise, who, who could be a good key defender. Another good young key defender we've picked up this year, uh, who really impressed me was Tyler Young. Mm-hmm. And I just think that um, with, with Adam Uze as the new coach. Just some fresh thinking and some new input. We we brought in uh, Chris Newman as an assistant coach who who used to play for the Tigers and uh, did a lot of coaching at Hawthorne. Um, and we also brought in uh, just recently, um, oh, the rest the guy that retired from North Melbourne. I can't think of his name. Zebel, Jack Zebel. Okay. So um, I think there's some good assistant coach uh, and senior coach um, knowledge there. Um, Okay. So before we wrap up here, um, I, I wanted to ask you also, you know, who do you see making the jump into the eight this year that wasn't there and maybe it's Richmond and uh, who do you see uh, possibly dropping out of the eight that was there this year? I think Sydney were very lucky to make the eight this year. Uh, But once again, I don't really know who they've picked up or what their draft picks are because uh, I do tend to focus completely on Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, 
who could come in? Uh, I think possibly the Bulldogs or or maybe even Geelong might um, return. Do you feel confident about Geelong, or, or are they still no, kind of? No, I I don't. The mid I, I the the midfield scares the heck out of me right now. I don't, you know, I think, I think they'll still kick plenty of goals. Uh, I, I, I just, I, maybe they could, but they, they've got to have some, they've got to have some of these young midfielders step up because it was, you know, Cam Guthrie came out of there last year and it was like the entire midfield, you know, you, you took Joel Selwood out. It's, it's like taking Kachin out. Um, you know, I think there's going to be, a, there's going to be a huge gap that they're going to have to fill with him not being there. Um, Lost yeah, Radigali is gone, you know, which, you know, he'd been, I mean, he'd been relegated a couple of times back to the VFL this year. So, and, and I, I see nothing wrong with them holding out to pick up, you know, a couple late picks for him, you know, they got 25 and then I think they got, uh, like 60, like 60 something for him. And then like a, another late pick in like the eighties or nineties or something like that. But, you know, this is a club that, that is going to be losing probably a half dozen players at least over the next two seasons due to retirement, if not more, they're going to need some, some young blood to try to develop. Even if it's somebody that's coming in at like pick 65 or pick 90 or whatever the case it may be, hoping that that person can't out, but they, you know, they've got, you know, they, you know, they had that youngster Jai Clark who they took at number seven last year, played one game before he dinged up his ankle. You know, is he going to be, you know, as talented as they're, as they're hoping he's going to be? I sure hope so. But, you know, I'm not, I guess I'm cautiously optimistic, but I will not at all be surprised if they don't play finals this year. Because I think that they're going to, I think they're going to need to develop. If the youngsters come along, then, then they'll be, then they'll be all right, I think. But, uh, you know, I think they could finish anywhere between like seven, seven to 11 or seven to 12, somewhere in there. I don't think I don't think they're a top four side at all. I I just I don't think that right now that they are. Maybe you've chosen the wrong year to come to Melbourne and watch it. Yeah, well, yeah, I picked the wrong year to do that. You know, that's uh, that's true. But you know, I'll I'll still en- I'll still enjoy the heck out of it. I mean, I, I said I once I once the fixture comes out and I can actually start looking at who's playing where, when, and how can I get the, how can I get the most bang for my buck in terms of coming there and seeing as many games as I can, you know, cause, cause you know, there's a possibility of being able to go see, you know, you know, a, uh, a Thursday night game and a Friday night game, and then a Saturday, you know, daytime game. Maybe you'll watch a, a local club in the, the daytime on Saturday, then go see a Saturday night game at, at Marvel or the MCG, and then go see this, you know, the Sunday afternoon game. Um, you know, see four or five games in a weekend and just, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to do that. And I'm, I'm still, you know, I started to just kind of poke around with the idea of, you know, I, I had thought about making the drive from like Geelong or, or Melbourne over to Adelaide, but that, you know, to go see a game at the Adelaide Oval, but then I'm also thinking about the possibility of maybe just hopping on, on the ferry and taking the ferry to Tasmania. And going and you know going to visit Tasmania and seeing a game, you know maybe at Blundstone, um, down there, and just you know because you know t- from from everything that I've read and some of the images that I've seen, Tasmania is like 
you know, the, 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 the floor, yeah, and again, there won't be a lot of, you know, flowers and such out because it's going to be wintertime, but you know, the, the animals and such that you see there are unlike anything that you see in other parts of Australia. So I, I kind of, yeah, I just think it would kind of be interesting to go see Tasmania for that purpose as well. Um, what you do is you go down yeah. to Port Melbourne and you hop on this uh, boat called the Spirit of Tasmania. Yeah. Uh, it docks there and uh, just hire a car. And uh, we, we did this two two summers in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one year we went up the west coast, and then the next year we went down the east coast. And uh, oh, it's just it's a great state. Yeah, there's so many beautiful things yeah. to see there. Because I yeah I'm, and I've I've had so many I've had so many people who have who have said over the years that you know when you come to Australia you know. We'll, we'll get you to a game or I've, I've had other folks that have said, well, yeah, you, you know, you'd have a place to stay and that sort of thing. And I'm thinking, well, you know what, in the very near future, I may be looking to take you up on that. Whoever mentioned that to me in the past. So I'm like, you know, so I've kind of, I've kind of joked around with that sort of thing, but it, it may come to fruition here pretty soon, but uh, it's uh, I'm really excited about it. I'm I, I've, I've kind of been poking around at looking at, 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 flights and uh airline tickets and i've yeah i i know i know i have the flight paid for and i've got a decent chunk of chunk of money set aside beyond that as well so um we'll just see how you know we'll see what what transpires and uh and you know once i get you know dates in terms of when i'm gonna definitely be there then i'll i'll probably you know i'll hopefully be able to make some connections with some folks um, I'm thinking I'm going to have to get, you know, along with my international membership with the cats and I'm going to have to get a different membership to ensure that I can get at least get a ticket or two for Cardinia park. So I can actually get to games there. You know, I'm, I'm hoping, but you know, yeah, yeah I'm, and I'm, I'm, and I'm hoping also then that, you know, it, once I figure out when I'm going to be there, that I can do enough stuff in advance, you know, that being a podcaster who, you know, is closing in on having done 350 episodes about this sport that maybe I can even get some like press access and that type of thing. And maybe, you know, get to go down to the the changing rooms or something like that, or maybe do an interview oh, and yeah. that type of thing, you know, and just you know try to do I'm something along those lines. And, and as I told my wife, I said, I'm just going to let you know right now, I will probably be emptying out that, you know, the cat's team shop when I'm there, I'm probably going to, you know, I'm going to come home with so much cat stuff that, you know, I'm going to need just an entire suitcase for nothing but new cat stuff that I'm going to buy on the way, you know, to bring home with me. So, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that, but, uh, um, you know, you had mentioned, and I'm trying to remember what else it was. You'd mentioned one other thing that you'd wanted to talk about in the email that you sent me a little bit ago. And I cannot remember what the heck it was off the top of my head. Um, a, a little bit, a little bit about the evolution of the game, if we have time. Yeah, we got a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's about ten thirty here right now. So, yeah, if we don't, if when, when I first started following the game, everybody pretty much played their position. So it was just man on man, center half mm-hmm. forward, center half back, full uh-huh. forward, but, um, and it led to high scores. Uh, prime example: the nineteen seventy two grand final. Richmond kicked 150 and lost the game by 27 points. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hard to believe, isn't it? And then um, 
some coaches started uh, coming up with all these, looking at other sports and coming up with all these defensive uh, things, what, what they call flooding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd made some notes here, like Rodney Ede, Rodney Ede's Swans in 1996, he took them to the grand final by playing nine defenders, six midfielders and three forwards to create space for Tony Lockett. Do you know about Tony Lockett? I do know about Plugger Lockett, yes. Plugger, yep, yep. He, he was just an awesome forward. And so they, they that was um, what they did. And also the dimensions of the SCG helped that. Um, and, and then his successor, um, Rodney's successor, Paul Ruse, won the uh, 2005 grand final for Sydney by employing similar tactics. Okay. Now, quick little, the, quick little, quick, quick sidebar here. Paul Ruse and I were born on the exact same day. All right. Yeah, we quick both. Sidebar, Paul McCartney and I were born on the same day. There you go. You don't look to be like you're 82, though. No, just 19 years apart. Okay. Um, okay. So, but there was a there was an even worse example. Terry Wallace did a super flood in round 21 of 2000. He was playing against Essendon, who were, mm-hmm. at that stage in round 21 were undefeated for the whole season. And went on to win the 2000 Premiership, their last Premiership, which your uh, principal at your school might be pleased to know. Yes, but yes, that's uh, and that that's a... go ahead. Sorry, on this particular week, so Terry Wallace threw a bit of a spanner in that work. He he employed a super flood against Essendon in round 21, and employed 14 of the 18 men in the defensive um, arc for the entire game. And sometimes all 18 men in the defensive arc. Wow. And this allowed to to beat the previously undefeated Bombers. So as a result of all this, football for a long time started to become very low scoring and kind Mm -hmm. of boring. There was a lot of sort of just players just chipping from side to side to side to side and back again, just waiting for an option to open up downfield. And it was turning purists or an old fogies like myself off the game. And this is what I wanted to give uh, Damien Hardwick some credit for. I think that in a way he kind of revolutionised the game in so and okay he didn't do it alone he had some great support staff many of whom like mccray and leopards have gone to collingwood right right uh kingsley's gone to gws yeah and then there was blake that's not a name i'm familiar with yeah um it's not all um you know, credit to him, but basically I think that he um, brought in this idea of chaos football. So instead of 
instead of one way to beat the flood is to just chip around and chip around and wait for an opening. Mm-hmm. I think by, by playing chaos football, where you just keep it in motion, you don't play perfection, you just keep it going forward and keep the opposition on their toes right, for right. a second. And, and I think that's what worked for us. So, yeah, I mean, that's it, it, it's a good tactic if you if you're keeping if you're keeping the other team unsettled. I think that's a, it's a really good thing. Yeah, um, you know, it allows you to maybe find a gap really quickly and you know, you know and sneak a goal in that otherwise you may not may not have been able to get. Uh, so you're. You're you're cautiously optimistic about your your club next year. You're looking at it as kind of a glass half full, I think, and filling up, despite all of the you know the the you know the legends having left the club in 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 Kachin and in Rewalt and uh, you know. I think at every at heart, every football supporter is like a mug hunter or a mug mug gambler. You know, do you remember mm-hmm. that old one about this cartoon where there was this? cat that you and he was always gambling and um and he'd say deal the cards deal the cards deal the cards and then he'd oh, <laughs> never lose and then the dog would sort of grab him by the tail and drag him off to some you don't remember that cartoon was that was that sylvester like from bugs bunny um it was warner brothers but it wasn't one of the established characters. okay like, yeah i don't i don't, I don't remember that one specifically huh uh-uh. Yeah, so he was just like always back for more, you know. The dog would torture him whenever they lost a bet, like put him through all these incredible <laughs> torture well, devices. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, you still see a lot of that in in the game today, as you mentioned. You know, you don't you don't do a lot of of, of wagering on your own, but I mean, it still is something that is extraordinarily prevalent in the game because it's an you know, emotional investment. It's not like a financial investment. Well, right, it is, right. I suppose. Yeah. By your membership, so a- yeah. I mean, I I've never, I've never placed a bet on a on a game in my life. You know, because you know, I've I'm. It's just not. I don't feel like I know enough, and 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 quite frankly, even knowing enough is it, there's no. I get it's it's called gambling for a reason because you know you're 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 not likely to be winning, or more than likely not to be winning, and and uh, you know so I. I, it's just never been my thing. I mean, I've never been. I've never gone into a casino before. It's just not been, not not no, been something know. that not not been something that's interested me. Um, you know, I don't. I'm not. I'm not looking to get that dopamine rush from you know pulling the 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 handle on the slot machine or you know, um, or or whatever you know playing cards. I mean, I'm not. I'm not smart enough to play. Um, you know. To play Texas Hold'em and figure out how, you know which cards are no longer in the deck, or you know looking at you know playing blackjack, and I, it, yeah, I, I don't I don't have a clue, and I, I don't have any interest in in doing that sort of thing. So it's not not something that I'm really really uh, looking at at getting into. So, um, so last thing before we close out here, if you know, Again, your your picks are you know, and, and your draft hand in twenty twenty four is significantly better than it is in twenty twenty three because you've picked up an extra second rounder from Fremantle, you've picked up an extra fourth rounder from Port Adelaide, uh, so you ha- you have some opportunities to bring in you know and even maneuver your way around the draft board a little bit more if you need to with those second round picks. But 
what are you looking for the club to bring in? What do you think they need to bring in in, in this draft? And uh, as the the draft finishes out and we start, you know, getting to the new calendar year and the start of the 2024 season, what is the the headline in the paper about Richmond going into 2024? What's the paper going to say about them in, in terms of their expectations? I think probably a lot of people are writing this off. I'll guess that. Okay. Um, there's that sort of Corns Jenkins mentality, which is probably prevalent. They say they're saying, okay, the the Premiership era is definitely over now. They didn't get a great bunch of draft picks this year, but. Uh, then if they can balance that, I'd like to get under their radar. I'd like to fly under their radar and prove them wrong with mm -hmm. maybe they haven't once the fact that uh, we did have some really good kids coming through and we've got still a number of our old grand final players that are still in their prime and then couple that was just getting some fresh thinking in because uh, you know, with Uze and uh, Newman and uh, Zebel. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Damien Hardwick just had run his race. Okay. Do you, do you think this is, do you think this is Dusty's last year in a Richmond jump? No, I think he's got two years left in him. Okay. That's so speculation about him going to another club. Well, it's it's possible, but yeah, because I know that he oh he's at two hundred and eighty nine games right now, and I know there have been people have been discussing about him getting to that uh, you know three hundredth game with the club. Which if he stays healthy, that's going to be at about the halfway point of the season this year. So that would be what March, April, beginning of June, roughly uh, end of May, beginning of June that he'd be reaching game three hundred in a Richmond jumper, um, you know, because I'd heard people talk about the possibility of Sydney or, you know, even the possibility of possibly heading up to the Gold Coast as well. But, you know, you know, he's going to be a mysterious character who doesn't divulge much about himself, about his thoughts or his personal life. Right, right. Uh, you can't really second guess, but I just like to think that he would see himself as a one club player. Okay. Okay. And I, and I, and I would love to see that quite frankly. Okay. I, I really would love to see him finish out his career on top. I mean, it's, it's just, it's going to be strange, for example, to watch Todd Goldstein pulling on an Essendon jumper next year. That's just going to be a, it's going to be strange. It's going to be hard to, to wrap my head around seeing that. Now I think he'll be, I think he'll be good for the club. Cause I think, you know, Sam Draper had some major surgery and may not be back for, you know, a good chunk of the season, but it's just, I just think it's going to be, it's going to be tough to see him playing in a different uniform than, than what he's played in for his entire career. So, well, Hey, Peter, I want to thank you for coming on again. I, I, I appreciate you and your patience with uh, what turns out to be my total screw ups on my end there. So um, I am sorry about that. Uh, again, please, you know, convey my apologies to your wife for, um 
giving her uh, grief that was not necessary at all. Um, had I just done a little bit more homework at my end. Um, but I, I think 2024 is going to be a, uh, I think it's going to be a very competitive year. You know, I, I, I don't think Collingwood is going to run away with things this year. I don't think, you know, Carlton's going to run away with things this year. I think you're going to have a lot of clubs, you know, that you're going to have maybe 14 clubs who probably could, pl could play finals this year, maybe even 15 who could play finals, arguably. Um, a couple, I think, you know, are not there yet, but maybe in a, you know, I think that maybe in two years we might start talking about North Melbourne, maybe getting ready to make that push towards a final spot. But I think everybody, you know, everybody else except for maybe them and West Coast and maybe one other club. And I'd have to go back and I'd have to go look at the the, the list of clubs again and, and figure out who I'm trying to allude to there with that. 16th spot on the ladder and maybe the 15th spot but i think we're going to have a very competitive year where clubs are just beating up on one another and you know a team that you know might win you know 13 out of the 23 games or 12 out of the 23 games might find themselves playing finals this year wow. so yeah i think it's i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a fun year uh i'm looking forward to it i i'm the thing that i like about the footy season for me is because it's, it's something that, that helps to springboard me into our summertime because, you know, you're going into winter when it's happening. So your weather's getting drearier and that sort of thing. But when footy starts for me here, the weather's starting to change. It's starting to warm up. The sun's coming out more. We set the clocks back a little bit, you know, um, as I told you, I'm a, I'm a fan of the dreary weather. I, I don't like summers here. They, they, yeah. They talk too, too hot. Too hot, yeah. Sorry, are you somebody? When when you really bright, yeah. When you now are you're not retired from your job right now, are you? Yeah, I am. Okay, so I mean, are there are there thoughts of you know? I know a lot of people will you know move north to get away from the winter times, but are you somebody you know in 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 Australia that they'll head up you know towards Queensland? They'll head you know to get to get to warmer weather. Yeah. Are you somebody who's thinking maybe Tasmania is not such a bad idea? Tasmania would be nice, actually. It is the coldest state in Australia, and I'd yeah, probably go down to the southernmost tip of Tasmania and get as close <laughs> to the Antarctic as I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know about that, but I would, I would love to see it, and I, and I hope to get that opportunity uh, next year. I mean, I, I'm, I, I guess I really need to start actually jotting down what i'm hoping to be some plans on paper and then uh figure out uh how i'm going to make it work but i but the fixture has got to come out soon okay they've got to get the fixture done earlier rather than later so if you're at the afl house yeah if you're at the afl house and you're listening you want to just send it to me you want to send me the fixture i promise i won't share it with anybody i'll just do my planning for my trip based upon this and, you know, if I do have to talk to somebody else, I will simply say, hey, remember when you said you were going to take me to go watch your clubs play at your club play a game this year? Well, I can tell I can tell you about this one game. They're playing this other club on a particular date without divulging the entire fixture to anybody, because I don't want to I, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to break the trust of the AFL by by revealing the entire fixture since they're going to send it to me early <laughs> as if. <laughs> 
as if that would happen. A neutral game when you come over. What's that? I take you to a neutral game when when. Oh, I would. I yeah. I don't. I yeah. Of course, I want to see the Cats play a couple times if I possibly can. But I want. I want to go see as many games as I can, and I want to go. I want to go visit local footy clubs as well because I've talked to so many of them. I just want to. I want to go see what I have learned about those clubs that that they are the. They are the hub around which the wheel of that community rotates. Yeah, especially when you're talking like, you know, country footy, that it, it's, you know, you have that small town that that thing is, is the focal point in many instances of that town. And I just want to see how that works. And I, and one of the things that I, I've decided that I, I, you know, is that I want to try to also get as many like polo shirts for as many different local footy clubs as I possibly can. I've got, I have a couple of them now and I have one that is, uh, is supposedly going to be in route soon. Uh, so I actually, I have, I have one, I have two, I actually have two from the Northern territories and one coming from South, uh, from South Australia. Um, but I, yeah, I love being able to wear those because, you know, they are conversation pieces here because people are wondering what the heck is it that you're wearing? Because, you know, it has, all of the local advertising in this club that, you know, that, that, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the Tracy village Razorbacks, who the hell are the Tracy village Razorbacks? And I have to explain to them that it's this Australian rules football club in, in Darwin in the Northern territories. And, and, and it's, you know, it leads to a whole conversation and it's, uh, and it's been, it's been a lot of fun telling people about the game from that vantage point, you know, and it's, uh, you know, so that's one of the things I want to do as well. And, and like I said, there's, you know, Part of me, like I said, wants to make that trip towards Adelaide because I want to go visit. There's a club in in Nangwari in South Australia that I would love to go visit and just to meet those people face to face because I had them on and this was a club that that they lost. They had lost over a hundred games in a row before before they won their their next game. So they went like six or seven years without having won a game, and they kept battling. And you know somebody you know somebody had actually burned down their their clubhouse i mean somebody it was an arson fire that somebody had destroyed the property and that sort of thing and just how this this group this group persevered and I, I i just i would love to go you know meet those people and shake their hand and that sort of thing and i and i and i i just because we don't have anything like that here yeah we have high we have high school sports which are really really a big deal we have college sports which are a big deal but we don't have like the community you know the the high schools are kind of like that, but it's but it's for, it's for you know people who are up through like you know, year twelve of high school. There's nothing for those people who are twenty two, twenty five, thirty, thirty five years old that are playing in the masters division or whatever of of footy. There's nothing like that 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 brings an entire community together like a uh, you know football, netball, cricket organization within within a community, which I think are just we could certainly learn an awful lot about um bringing communities together by having something like that here i think we could learn a lot about a lot about that sort of thing by having something similar to that so yep we don't have the um football scholarships here like like you have oh yeah that's that's true and it's uh we we uh we have something right now that has been that's changed because you know student athletes used to be 
student athletes. But now it, there are a lot of college athletes, especially basketball and football players, gridiron football players who are the, the 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 NCAA, the National Collegiate Athletic Association, who is kind of like the the AFL to the to the league, if you will, the NCAA oversees college sports. Well, they they've allowed for what they call um, um, NIL licensing, which is like name, image, and likeness, which means now that these these college athletes, these students are able to actually get endorsement money. So if you like when you see players, you see athletes doing commercials on television, these 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 young athletes are able to get endorsement money from different companies and that sort of thing. And you you have you have college athletes here in the United States who are getting paid significantly more than the highest paid players in the AFL. And these are mm -hmm. these are not professional athletes at this point they're college athletes and they're getting paid significantly more than afl players at the top of their game and i and i i think it's i think that the college athletes should should have been able to you know have a little bit more spending money in their pocket but i think that this is i think we've swung the pendulum way too far in the other direction because there's a there's a uh quarterback from the the university of southern california who is eligible to go to become a professional player next year or to stay in college for another year. But he said that if he goes professional next year, that he wants to get a, a small chunk of the, of owning the team that he plays for, which I've never heard that happen from an athlete who's playing the game at the, at the present time. He said he wants to be like a, a small minority owner of the team that he goes to play for. And as he said, I can always go back to college and play one more year of college football because I'm I'm earning like five million dollars U.S. playing college football. Five million dollars U.S. playing college football. It's it's ridiculous. It's making it's making college football, which was in many ways like the purest form of the game here in the U.S., almost unbearable as well. It's made it. I think it's made it really really frustrating in that respect. So, I don't know, but hey. I have rambled on enough, sir. Um, I'm really looking forward to the draft. Um, I I know it's coming up here at the end of November, and I'll actually, I probably will actually get up to watch it on television uh, live because you know the, it, I really want to see what happens with you know the the first pick. Do, do the Eagles hang on to it? Do they do they work out a deal with the uh, um, with the Ruse or with anybody else? I mean, the Ruse have a, a you know. They've got if the Ruse really want that pick, they can go get that pick. It's just how much do they want to spend to get it? Because if I'm not mistaken, they have like five first round picks this year. Which, you know, I'm I'm still trying to figure out how they, you know, getting uh, you know, pick three for Makai is still just, you know, blows my mind that they were able to get that pick for him. Um just an an awesome amount of compensation. I think it might be, you know, maybe more than they should have gotten for him, but that's a whole nother story right there. Uh, but Peter, I want to thank you for your, your time today. I want to thank you for your patience with me before, while as I was figuring out why this was not working and I'm glad we got it working. So, um, yeah, yeah. Any, well, I thought the same oh, actually. Yeah. I, I, and I'm, and I'm glad it wasn't, I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad, cause I'm glad I got it fixed here because this, I would have been using this again tomorrow. 
when I sit down with uh, Dr. Outhred, who's going to be talking about the Bulldogs, and I and and he would he would he would have had the same problem that you had, which you didn't have. Uh, so I'm glad I figured it out tonight. So, cheers! Have a fantastic rest of the week, and uh, all the best to your family, sir. And you, um, and we'll see you next year sometime. Absolutely, I I I look forward to meeting you in person. I'm I want to meet as many as many of the people that I've that I've spoken with on the podcast, and as many listeners. I'm hoping I can have you know set something up where I you know can have a you know I don't know I don't. I'm not going to go rent a park and say, "Hey, look, I'm here. Come see me." But I'm I'm hoping that if I'm somewhere that I can at least reach out to folks and say, "Hey, I will be, you know, at this location if you want to stop by and I'll, you know, I'm not a celebrity. That's not what I'm trying to say that. I'm not trying to say it and sound that way, but I mean, I I just want I want to hopefully actually encounter people in person that I've been speaking to for many years online is what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. yeah. I could uh, show you around uh, in the city and show you some of the clubs and, and the yeah, old I mean, grounds. Absolutely, I would absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to that. You know, and I have um, and I, I I do before I wrap up this episode. I I'm, I'm I want to send my absolute best thoughts to uh, my mate Orville Gibson who lives uh, up in Terra, Queensland. Um, I was actually trading messages with him on uh, Messenger while you and I were chatting. Uh, there are some extraordinarily serious forest fires and brush fires that are going on uh, near where he lives. And he said that the closest one is about a kilometer from his house right now. So, yeah, his car is packed. They they cut down all of the uh, all of the the straw or the 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 silage that was growing in the uh, the farmers fields around the community. So that's all been cut down, hoping to. If the fire jumps across the road and gets there, that it will uh, that it will burn that up and not travel any further and go into the community. But he's he's packed up and ready to, to get the heck out of town if he has to do so. And, he, and he's not looking forward to that because uh, he he just moved there a couple of years ago uh, from Russell Island, which is right off the coast of uh, Brisbane. Um, and, uh, you know. I, t I talked to Orville quite a bit in Orville. I am thinking about you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you that, that everything works out. Okay. And that the, uh, you know, the, the firefighters that are there you know, are able to get this thing, uh, to turn back around on itself and burn itself out, hopefully. So, um, really pulling for you, man, and pulling for your community. So, um, but Peter, sorry, sorry to end that on such a downer there, but, uh, just, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that before we wrapped up here. So, Oh, yeah. Have a fantastic Tuesday and enjoy the rest of the week. And uh, are you going to be watching? Are you watching the uh, World cricket. Championships, the cricket? Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. Unfortunately, when we play next, but uh... yeah, I've not been able to. I've not been able to watch any of that because the the that that tournament is not available on Willow TV here. So I've started watching some of the. Uh, opening contest from the women's big bash league so i started right. i started watching that a little bit because i'm not i'm My so favorite player is glenn maxwell so i'm hoping he has a whenever he plays next he has a big day with the bat i hope so too i hope so too and it sounded like there was a heck of a contest today between pakistan and afghanistan and i did not see who won but uh 
sounded like that, that Afghanistan was was primed for an upset. Um, but I don't I don't know who won it. But I'll I'll look that up on Code Sports here before I head to bed while this is downloading. But hey, man, I'm gonna let you go so I can get this downloaded and I can get myself downloaded because I need to get up uh, for work in about five and a half hours. We're gonna have some lunch. All righty. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks so much, Peter. Uh huh. All right, Peter. Hey, thanks so much, man, for sitting down to chat uh, this morning. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think Richmond's going to be a rather interesting club to uh, to follow this year. A lot of changes. Uh, I think we can safely say they might be a year ahead on the uh, the change cycle uh, from where the cats are right now. And uh, well, we may be emulating what Richmond's doing here in about twelve months' time. So going to be a rather tumultuous time for Victorian uh, football coming up over the next. Uh, year or so so it's gonna be interesting to see what happened but ladies and gentlemen look out for one another check up with your friends and family reach out to them give them a call if you need to talk to somebody please check my show notes i always put those numbers for australia and the united states uh, if you need to get in touch with somebody please please reach out and talk to somebody go out and have that coffee with your friends go out and get that beer whatever it is you want to do um head to bunnings get a snag yeah looking forward to doing that uh hopefully next year but folks, remember, you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. You can leave a review, as I mentioned, uh, if you want to get one of those stickers. Uh, you can get on the mailing list. So when new episodes come out, you can also uh, get that in your inbox within a few minutes of when it's released. Um, if you want to help out the podcast, and again, I am uh, planning on making the the trip to Australia uh, next footy season. Just cannot wait for the fixture to come out so I can start uh, looking at that with Ernest and figuring out how I can get the most uh, done in the time that I'm going to be there. And again, I'm hoping to spend about three and a half, maybe four weeks there. Um, I know a lot of people have said, hey, when you come, I want to take you to a game. I'm probably going to take you up on it. And uh, just trying to see what's going to be the best thing for me to do. Because again, I want to see games at Cardinia Park, of course. Hopefully a couple if I can. I want to see a game at the MCG, if not more. I want to get to Marvel. Still debating on the whole idea of making the drive to Adelaide or taking the ferry boat down to Tasmania and possibly catching a North Melbourne or a Hawthorne game in uh, Tasmania. I, I just think visiting the island would be very unique. Um, now, granted, I know it's going to be in the winter time, so the climate there will be rather chilly. But hey, it, I'm used to winter. Uh, we're getting into that right now. We were down to about seven degrees this morning when I went to work, but in about uh, Eight weeks will be down to about minus seven. So looking forward to that. So again, folks, um, if you want to help out the podcast, you can click on that buy me a coffee button. Uh, anything that comes into that helps to keep the podcast up and running. And quite frankly, if you want to help uh, with the trip, I wouldn't say no to that. Okay. Uh, that would be absolutely awesome if you'd like to do that. But uh, you certainly don't have to. And I will give you definitely multiple shout outs for that sort of thing. Um, I'm thinking about maybe putting some episodes maybe behind like Patreon or something of that nature. But I, I like having everything available uh, to those of you who are checking it out because I I, I want to have it all be accessed by whomever wants to check it out. So as much as I say that I'm going to do that, I probably won't. But you can, again, you can find me on Twitter at Yank underscore on, uh, Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook, a Yank on the Footy on Instagram. I am on uh, LinkedIn as well. Um, I do appreciate the kind words that... Uh, so many of you have had 
Again, this is a, a an absolute labor of love on my part. I, I love sharing your game. I'm a little frustrated again that I'm not able to watch the uh, the World Championships of Cricket because of the uh, um, inability to access that through Willow. I did watch, at least I started watching the first uh, WBBL uh, match between the Sixers and the Stars. I'm not quite done watching the... Uh, I believe the Sixers were batting first, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think the Stars won, and they decided they were going to bowl first. So I'm going to be uh, going back to watch that here, hopefully in the next uh, little while. But again, I appreciate all the kind words. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. And this has been episode 296 of A Yank on the Footy. Thanks for checking it out. Please share it with your friends and family. Subscribe to the podcast over on my website. Subscribe on YouTube. Give it a share with your friends. Okay. And until next time, everyone, goodbye.